0: What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Living a life on purpose, for purpose, and with purpose is costly. Many desire to live a life on purpose and with purpose. Many strive every day and desire and long and yearn to live a life with purpose. But here is the reality: in, 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 in the short amount of years, in the 21 years I've been living, that didn't catch. It. That's how I feel in my spirit, Sister Lily. I feel it, I feel it. The one thing I've learned and I've realized is that when you attempt to live with purpose, it will cost you something. I've learned, and let's let's take it within the spiritual Christian context. I have learned that when you have tried to live for Christ, you will endure pain and suffering. In fact, many struggled because they were sold theology or a positional doctrine that told them if you come to Jesus all of the days of your life, you're just going to be happy you're going to be smiling and it's going to be a bed of roses and so you came to christ believing that when you said yes to jesus that every day of your life that you will live smiling a bed of roses wake up thank you jesus that i'm alive they sold you that And the moment you faced challenge you ended up leaving god because you said i didn't get what i thought they told me i would receive Now, does the scripture say that he promises joy? Absolutely. Does the scripture tell us that he promises peace? Absolutely. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 that he promises a peace that surpasses all understanding. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 that he's given us peace with God and he's given us peace through Jesus Christ. So the Bible, in fact, tells him that he keeps in perfect peace whose minds are kept on. So all throughout the Bible, we see he promises peace, joy, and the fruit of the spirit, which is love, kindness, forbearance, patience, all of these things. But the one thing that I also realize in scripture, that while we do have those promises, there will be seasons in life where we will have to endure suffering. I wish I had some people that have endured suffering at one point or another. In life, you will go through moments where you feel like this is costing me more than I thought some of y'all have this testimony you 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 might be saying i didn't start struggling financially or having this much issues at my job till i started serving the lord i was better when i was turning up smoking drinking in the club y'all not gonna keep it real with me but i'm coming for you i got an online church they gonna hold me down say yes amen in the comments some of y'all have that testimony That you 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 had a moment one day you looked at yourself in the mirror like God, I've been in church for months now I feel like if things are not getting better they just get it feels like it rains and then it and we were sold a theology that told us that if we suffered that that meant God is not with us. We, they, you, 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 they told you that if you are enduring hardship and facing persecution, then that's the moment you should abandon your faith. That that's the moment you should let go of God and say, God doesn't love me and God is not with me. He, he's not for me, but I want to help somebody today. Because when you go through suffering, hardship, and difficulty, that does not mean the absence of God. In fact... The mark that you are living a life on purpose is not that you don't go through suffering the mark that you've been called anointed and appointed and given purpose is how you go through the suffering see some of us believe if i'm facing this hardship that must God is now with me and for me. And I want to let you know that, that the mark is not that you don't go through anything. The mark is how you go through that pain, through that suffering, through that difficulty. And when I go through the scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, I see mighty, powerful men and women of God who all they did all their life was endure suffering. Are you still here? In the book of genesis in chapter 37 here here you can hit the recliner real quick pull out some spiritual popcorn just go ahead and lay back because i'm about to tell you story story is it all right if i tell you story story in genesis chapter 37 we find the bible uh, describing a young man by the name of joseph now joseph was 17 years old in the book of genesis in chapter 37 and the bible declares that he was favored he was a favored son he was a son of jacob who uh, who later was israel and, and and so and so and now and now joseph is born 17 years old has brothers and sisters and but he was hated among his brothers and sisters because he was favored there's so many messages i'm just kind of i'm gonna speed through this i'm gonna give you the the spark notes y'all remember when and i'm playing now it wasn't cheating it was getting help on, on Cliff, Notes, spark notes. Remember when you had to do your book report? I'm gonna give you that version. All right. So you—that means you gotta go in. You gotta go back and read it for yourself. So back. Yeah, let's get back to it. Genesis 37. He's favored. His father loved them amongst his brother. the brothers. Bi- the Bible declares that his father gave him a cor- many colors, in other words, to symbolize that he was favored among his brothers. And the brothers would hate him just because the father loved him with a special love. And the Bible—it's not that they didn't like him. The Bible literally declares that hated him that's a, that that's a whole message in that sometimes you would just be hated because you are favored but i'm gonna leave that for another i'm gonna leave that for another message and so and so the bible says that god gave uh, joseph two dreams and in both dreams the interpretation and the symbolism behind both dreams was that he was favored and that eventually he will rule and that he will reign and that he will be above his brothers and sisters although he was one of the youngest the bible tells us that he would uh, uh, he gives him a dream and then the interpretation is he will be great and so we move along in the chapters they hated him one day the father sends him and he says Jose, joseph you got to go tend to your brothers go check in and make sure that all is well with them and so joseph goes about because they used to tend the land that they had and so joseph goes out and the bible says that they saw him from a distance it says even at while he was coming they were plotting to kill him his own brothers flesh and blood were plotting to kill him but then thank god for one of the the, the, the eldest brother Reuben, said. Kill him uh, uh, because this is our flesh and blood. We don't have to kill him. Let's just teach him a lesson. Let's just let's just teach him to be a little humble. And so they plot they do is they put him they grab him up and they put him in a cistern for those uh, that, that that know this you may have studied a little bit cisterns were was a reservoir where it was a tank of water essentially they used to dig up holes and essentially it would be a reservoir where they would contain the water so whenever there was a famine and whenever they needed the water they would go and and draw from those cisterns but the interesting thing uh, the bible tells us that this cistern was in the wilderness if you know scripture talk the wilderness meant desert so this cistern was never gonna was never gonna collect water Uh, this cistern was dry and so they place him in this deep hole it was essentially a pit and they place him they throw him in that and it could have been anywhere from six to eight feet or it could have been any it, it could have been even longer than that and they throw him in the cistern now the interesting thing that they used to do is that they used to grab prisoners if there was a cistern that didn't have any water in it particularly cisterns in the wilderness or in the desert it was essentially a prison because people couldn't get out themselves so they would they would just leave Prisoners to die there. And so essentially, this young man, 17 years old, never did to his brothers, just had favor, and because of that, they wanted to kill him, and now he finds himself in a cistern. And they said to kill him, and then a bunch of Midianites come and they snatch him up and they sold him into slavery. This young man had a dream, had a vision, had a purpose, but now he found himself abandoned, threatened, rejected, now in a cistern and now he was taken to be a slave he was taken to the land of egypt i'm telling somebody say spark notes spark notes story story and so now he's moving and he and he ends up in the land of egypt and then he's taken in that land and the bible says that he was prosperous can you believe that even while even while people were hating on him he was still prosperous even while he was going through the worst difficulties and being rejected he still had purpose even seeing hardship he was still blessed and so the bible says that in every season of his life he was prosperous and people would see that and so they they noticed that he was favored and that he was he was wise and he was built and he was intelligent he was bright so they Began to give him leadership roles and he began to rise up in leadership they began to entrust him with certain things to manage certain things and all of a sudden i'm, I'm moving forward uh, he's in the land of egypt he ends up becoming one of the, one of the, the head leaders and administrators but then uh, but then potiphar had his wife he was uh, helping out Potiphar, who was under the pharaoh of that time under the king of egypt and now he finds himself whew, I'm moving fast through this thing potiphar's wife She took a look at him, and she said, I want him. He all that, and a bag of chips, and a Pepsi on the side. He was purposeful, rejection, abandoned, and even tempted. Because some people say, if I'm going through temptation, that means God is not with me. He doesn't love me. I don't have purpose. But that's a message for another Sunday as well. Potiphar's wife wanted him and was tempting him, but he remained faithful and constant. He said, I've been entrusted everything in the palace, under the Pharaoh, under the king, under even you, Potiphar. And so he's looking at the wife. He said, I cannot disown or dishonor my God and my king. He stayed faithful. And i tell you how bad this thing got. She kept pursuing and pursuing and pursuing. One day she just snatched his, his cloak, his clothes. He ended up running away from her. And so she created a false against him. And because she had his cloak, she said, young, that young man that you had here working, he tried to abuse me and here is, here is his cloak to prove it so false allegations against him he has been in prison he has been rejected there's been a plot to kill him but he still had purpose so he was already free he had been in prison before now he was free but now because of the false allegations he was back in prison and while he was in prison there were two leaders of the royal court The cupbearer and the baker who were very important people of that time who are also lack, locked up, and then and then they, God gives them dreams or revelations, but nobody can interpret the dreams, and so they're, they're afraid, and, and, and Joseph looks at them, and he says, why are you afraid, what's going on, and so he goes up to them, and they're saying, it's because we got these dreams, and we're vexed by it, we have no idea what these dreams mean, but God had given him spiritual discernment, so he was able to interpret the dreams for them, and then they told him, yeah, they told him, all right, dog, listen, when we're out of here, we're going to bring you out with us. But it didn't go down like that. One of them was free and completely forgot about him, like some of y'all friends. As soon as I make it, dog, I promise you, I'm gonna bring you with me. If I'm up, you're up. And then when you, when they're up, you're looking at them like, hold up. <laughs> they forgot about him, and then they eventually delivered both of the men. Both men were free, the cupbearer and the baker, and then the Pharaoh gets a dream. See, because ah, I wish I had the time. See, when you're favored by God, whether you're imprisoned, whether you're in shackles, whether people try to hold you back, whether people try to threaten you, whether people try to hate on you, whether people try to hold you back or hold you down, there will be nothing that will be able to come against the ph- of God over your life Listen, weapons may be formed against you but the Bible declares that they will not prosper there is nothing that will be able to stop the favor and the blessing over your life and so here the pharaoh is now having a dream and then the and then one of the men that was locked up with him said hold up there was a man that was able to interpret dreams when we were locked up let's go call that hebrew young man that that had wisdom and spiritual discernment so they brought him out and he was able to uh, to discern and interpret the dream that pharaoh had and because of that the favor and prominence grew and he was back in a leadership position He's back at the leadership position. He's back in prominence. He becomes governor of Egypt, head administrator of the land of Egypt because of the wisdom, the grace, and the favor, the purpose over his life. What ends up happening is, there was a great famine in the land. But because God had given Joseph wisdom god had given him interpretation of dreams what he decided to do was store up save up for the time of famine that would come because of the wisdom the favor and the grace that god had given him, he stored up he saved because he knew that a famine was coming the region was hit with a strong famine there was drought there weren't any crops the people were suffering so people from all throughout the region of egypt and surrounding areas began to cry out to surrounding areas and lands to see if they could find some food some goods some grains some harvests and because he had the favor he had proceeded with purpose even in the midst of everything his family catch this the family Of Joseph the brothers and sisters that had abandoned him that had rejected him his brothers that plot that created a plot to kill him the entire family had to come into the land of Egypt because they heard that there was food in the land and so they travel a long distance this was years later they come, and because he's the head governor, they got to go through him. The ones that left him now were coming back saying, we need you. The ones that threatened to kill him now needed his grace and his support. And so they come to him, the entire family. They don't recognize him. this had been years later he was already in his 30s at this point but he's able to recognize them I don't know about you but if people try to kill me I'm just I'm just saying if people try to murder me left me in a cistern for dead I ended up getting locked up over something I didn't do and then I was free and then I was locked up again And then I had a chance and a glimpse of being free and then people forgetting me up in a jail. And then I'm finally free and I'm doing my thing and I'm up now. I'm all the way up. I don't know about you, but if the people that started the mess come to me. If I'm in my flesh. If I haven't been praying, fasting, or reading the Word of God, as soon as I see my brothers and sisters, I don't know what I would do. I would act a fool. Because of you, I'm in the- I went through all that I went through. Uh, but in chapter 50 of the book of Genesis, he, he had to process this, and you can read along in the chapters. He went through a he went through a phase there in a season of of processing the emotions and he had to grieve and he had to he had to embrace the feelings of of re re uh, rekindling or, or, or seeing his brothers and sisters again or reconciling he we see in the chapters his struggle and his battle there but I love what the Bible declares in chapter 50 that in a moment where their father had died and the brothers and sisters said well now that our father has died now he's going to get rid of us. He's not going to support us, or he's going to remember all the wrong that we did to him. But I love what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? And this is for about five or ten of you who are, who are in that season right now. Because there's some people around you that have, that have threatened you. There's some people that try to hurt you. There's some people that try to knock you down. There's some people that didn't believe in you. There's some people that tried to discourage you. But look at, look at the response when he was enduring his suffering. He says, you intended to harm me. Some translations say you meant it for evil, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I wanna prophesy under the anointing of the Holy Spirit over somebody's life who's endured some seasons and you had to question why they do me like that. Why did they leave me? Why did they forsake me? Why did they hurt me? I wanna prophesy that they meant it for evil. I wanna to speak to somebody and tell you they meant to put you down, but they didn't know that as that they were, they were burying you down, what they didn't know was that you were a seed. And in order for a seed to grow, it has to be buried. In order for a seed to grow, it has to be surrounded by soil. I wanna to prophesy to somebody that said they left me for dead, but in the midst of the moment where I thought I was gonna die, the hand of God came upon me and it encouraged me it kept me going when no one was around me no one was beside me the love of God sustained me I wish I had two or three people that can say they meant it for evil but God turned it around Look at somebody and tell him he meant it for good. He meant it for your good. I know you thought that you were going to die, but God meant it for good. I know you thought you wouldn't be able to get up, but God was able to turn around the suffering and the pain that you have endured. I know you've gone through some pain. I know you shed tears, but hear me by the voice of the Lord. I cut my God. I'm under the unction of the spirit. God will turn around those things that were meant for evil and he will work it out some of y'all looking at me crazy like you never been through anything do I have anybody that can lift up their hands and tell me let me know if I'm talking to the right group if you've been through anything but through it all you saw the hand of God you've been through some pain but you saw the love of God you've been through some hardship but you saw the faithfulness They meant it for evil. They meant it to harm you. It was the plot of the enemy to take you out. Why? Some of you say, why me? Can I tell you why? Because you have purpose. I want to throw my shoe at somebody in this place. (laughs) I said you have purpose. It's not because you were the least likely to succeed. It's not because you were the black sheep. It's not because you weren't loved. It's because you have purpose, baby. The mark that you are anointed is not that everything goes well. The mark that you are called It's not that everybody loves you. You think everybody's gonna love you. But that's not the mark that God is with you. The mark that you are appointed and you're called is that you are presented with obstacles, with hardship, having to make sacrifices, having to shed tears, having to get on your knees and say, God, if you don't intervene, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, if you don't come through, I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. God, if you don't take care of these babies, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, if you don't take care of this of this stubborn, ignorant husband of mine, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm feeling this thing Every time they give me the handheld I get excited (laughs) In fact The fact that you're enduring suffering right now I want to prophesy to you And affirm that you are called by God Because some of you said He's left me Somebody says, there's no way he's with me. There's no way that I can be saved in having to shed these tears. There's no way that I can be saved. I'm doing all the right things. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm tithing. I'm attending faithfully. I'm going through it. They meant it for evil. But I want to tell you, Don't give up in well-doing. Don't become weary. For in due season, you will reap if you do not faint. If you've been praying, fasting, believing, tithing, giving God your heart and your all, don't stop now, baby. You've come this far. Why would you want to give up on God? Joseph had all the reason to say, you know what? Forget the law of God. Forget the word of God. Forget this dream that he gave me. Some of y'all forgot about the dream he gave you because of the hardship. I know my online church is going to feel this. You, when you're sitting there watching, you're going to be like, ooh, pastor, I wish I was there because I would shout you down and I would throw my shoe at you. We're working on it here of me I forgot the dream and the vision. Can I tell you every time we go through an obstacle in this church, the response of our leadership, we get excited because we know if the battle is tough, the victory is going to be even greater. Every time somebody says no, I say, God is about to give us 10 yeses. Every door that man closes, I say, another bigger one is gonna open, God. And I can't wait, but there's no way I'm giving up. Ah, There's no way I'm giving up on this dream. There's no way I'm giving up on this vision. You did not bring me this far in my faith to give up now. I know that victory is on the way. Y'all have no idea the devils we have had to face throughout the last three years. Y'all have no idea the people that have said no and we fasted and we prayed and they still said no. With a smile on their face too. Yeah, no. I'm going to deliver somebody today. We started in Romans chapter 8, right? Okay. Let's bring it to Romans chapter 8. It says there and we know that in in some things in a few things just a little bit y'all not reading the right translation in and in, 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 in some things all things that means the good and the bad the pleasant and the unpleasant the seasons of abundance and the season of lack the season with and the season without the season when people are right there with you saying i got you And in the moments where you're looking around, like, where did everybody go? In all things, God works. Other translations say works together for the good of those who love him. Do you love him today? (laughs) Then this is for you if you love him, who have been called according to purpose all things work together all things work together my message is very simple i just have i usually have points here i just have three phrases today all things say with me all things say work together for good all things work together for good the work together there the translation in the original language gives gives the idea of synergy in fact, in the original language, it's synergia, which means where we draw the word synergy. That means all the things that we've endured in our life, God is able to align all of those things together. Some of y'all look at moments in your past and say, I'm going to hide that because there's no way that God can use that part of my life. Can I tell you, baby, all things, even the parts you're ashamed about, even the parts where where you failed and the parts you made mistakes, even the parts where you missed the mark, even the parts where you, where you fell from grace and you thought you could couldn't get up it says all and he aligns it he can use every little bit every every he he doesn't waste a hurt he doesn't waste the pain you've gone through he doesn't he doesn't let it go to waste or in vain he uses it all together for what for I know you may not feel that it's good, but I'm telling you it's for good. I know it may not feel like it's going to work out, but I'm letting you know it will work together for good. I look back at seasons of my life, Brother Mario. I look back at seasons of my life and and, and in those moments I would say, what, Lord, why am I going through this? And then I step into another season and I say, God, that's why I went through that. Am I talking to anybody in this place? You'll look back at some moments and say, had I not gone through this in this season, I wouldn't be able to help someone in this season because he works all things for good. This good is different from our definition of good because our our standard of good is very low compared to God's. I'm telling you, his ways are higher than your ways, I've learned this. His thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. We are finite beings, we are limited, but he is unlimited, he is omniscient, he is omnipresent, he is almighty creator, he, is, he knows the end during the beginning, before the beginning. I know you look at the situation and say, there's no way this is going to work. But he says all things work together for good for whose good for his glory for his good and guess what our good because it is in those things that we find our character being molded see you're trying to resist the battle and you'll stay stuck in the storm somebody today when the hardship comes you run away you try to avoid it you say well God here are the keys I'm done but see as long as you surrender to the storm but not the Christ in the storm you will stay stuck but everyone that I've ever seen endure a battle sister Lily and they've they've done it like this clinging to the hand of God their character was molded their wisdom was elevated. They stepped into a, a, a fresh anointing, a fresh perspective, a new season in life. I want to tell you today that he will cause all things to work together for good. Just look at your neighbor one last time and tell him all things will work together for good. It looks like you need, shake, you need to shake that neighbor. If you would just grab them and just shake, wake them up and tell them, let them know all things are gonna work for good. In fact, can you become the preacher for one second and, and speak it like pastor would. Tell them all things will work together for good. How many receive that today? How many receive that today? Hallelujah. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained only experience. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle Podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.